Sometimes we think God can't handle our honesty. Today, Pastor Ray Bentley says he can. There come times in your life where you can't fold your hands and say nice little spiritual prayers. And in fact, if you're really gonna get honest with God, you don't want people to hear. God loves that kind of prayer. God gives you literal, tangible evidence that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He shows up. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. God made us the way we are. Why wouldn't he love us the way we are? Well, he does, but he loves us too much to leave us that way. And today we'll see prayer is one of the tools he puts in our pockets to help us get to where he wants us to be. Let's learn more now as Pastor Ray brings today's study in the Word of God. James chapter 5, and we're going to uh, look at verses 16 through 20, talking about the power of prayer. This is our last message in the book of James. And I'm kind of sad to see him go. I've really enjoyed the book of James. Have you guys enjoyed this? It's been a great message, timely message, and um, really have been blessed by it. Now, in verse 16, here's where we pick up where we left off. He says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He talks about here two things. One, confessing your trespasses to one another. And then he talks about prayer, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And what I want to do is, first of all, talk about prayer. I'm going to kind of turn this verse around a little bit and just talk about the basic issue of prayer. What difference does prayer make? It makes all the difference in the world. I think that we underestimate and don't understand the genuine power that prayer represents. There is a verse in the Bible that basically says it like this. You have not because you ask not. You didn't ask. Ask that you might receive. You see, now God could do everything without us asking anything, right? He knows everything. Why does he want us to engage in this deal called prayer? And it's very simple. Prayer is a spiritual word for a divine heavenly conversation. In other words, our Father, not just God, But our Father wants a relationship. Just like fathers want relationships with their own family and with their own children. The Bible says pray without ceasing. You say, well, yeah, okay, that's got to be a metaphor, right? Well, maybe not. Um, You know, we as human beings, we almost incessantly spend time worrying being nervous and being anxious. How, how many would admit that those things you know, pop up occasionally in your own heart and life? No, if, if there's something that bothers you, it's important to Almighty God. He can handle it. If it affects you, He wants to hear about it. And we have a need to share it. 
During the fourth century, there was a Syrian Christian. His name at the time was John of Antioch. And this guy, they gave him a nickname, a new name uh, in church history. It was called Chrysostom, and which means golden-mouthed. Every time this guy opened his mouth, the word came out or prayer came out. Here's what a, an early brother in Christ of ours said about prayer. And I quote, the potency or the power of prayer has subdued the strength of fire. It has bridled the rage of lions, hushed anarchy to rest, extinguished wars, appeased the elements, expelled demons, burst the chains of death, expanded the fates of heaven, assuaged disease, dispelled frauds, rescued cities from destruction, stayed the sun in its course, arrested the progress of the thunderbolt. There is in prayer an all-sufficiency, a treasure undiminished, a mine which is never exhausted, a sky unobscured by clouds, a heaven unruffled by the storm. It is the root, the fountain, and the mother of a thousand blessings. Amen? And yet how little often we take advantage of it. James has been trying to tell us all the way through this little book that all of life is to be bathed in prayer. Did you know that prayer is a way of loving people? If you love someone, pray for them. Just mentioning their name, when you pray, spiritually, you're no longer here alone upon the earth. But spiritually, we are translated because we're in Christ, in heavenly places, and before the very glassy sea throne of Almighty God. And to bring someone's name that you love and that you care about, and just the, the energy of your own desire to bring them before your Father and to pray for them and to help them is a powerful, tremendous, supernatural way of loving them. Now, notice the, the prayer of the righteous is both powerful and effective. I like this. Notice that what he did not say. He did not say the prayer of the super spiritual is effective. Some people think, well, you know, I, you know, yeah, Pastor Ray, you're a pastor or somebody else that you uh, would say, well, they pray, surely God would hear. But what, me, my prayers, I don't know if they really get through or they're that powerful or whatever. That's not what James said. The prayer of the righteous. You say, well, I'm not that righteous. Well, it's not about you. It's about Jesus and his righteousness. Trust me, we are all in the same boat. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the righteousness we have isn't ours. It's given. It's Christ's righteousness. So to be righteous just means to be in Christ, to be a believer. And if you are a believer in Jesus, when you pray, the Father hears and responds when you pray in the name of his Son. It touches him when we pray in the name of Jesus. And we may exercise this power daily. Now, I am convinced that both of these uh, statements I read about the, the power of prayer, I believe that that is very true. I literally believe that wars have been stopped not by policy and dialogue and, and all the rest of it, but a small group who prayed 
in the name of the Lord. Read the book of Daniel along with three friends and the power that these, Daniel is called by the angels, O most beloved of the Lord. Most beloved of the Lord, Daniel. Also the author of the book of Revelation, John is called the beloved. Uh, John the beloved, very precious to the Lord. Why? These, Daniel and John, were both men of prayer. And so pray for one another and, and lift up your needs before the Lord and go before him and pray about anything and pray about everything. Now, regarding confession, he starts off this verse in 16 and he says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. He's talking about the fact that, to be open and honest, that we are sinners, that we struggle. It means that, that our Father in Heaven likes it when in community and in, and in small groups or with another trusted brother or sister, you open up and say, hey, you know what? I, I have not been doing very well uh, and, and I've really been struggling. And here's what I've been going through. And, and, and I've tried to you know, have a good stiff upper lip and, and it's just tearing me up inside. I, I can't get over it, I have tried. I've got a root of bitterness and, and I just, I know that it's wrong but I just can't seem to get breakthrough. Or uh, I'm, I'm upset about something and I've, I've laid it before the Lord again and again and again in my own prayers but I just keep taking it back. Being vulnerable, being open, being honest in that way, going and saying, brother, would you pray for me? Now listen, when you do that, people are not gonna look down on you because the Bible says there's no temptation given but such as is common to all men. Really, I mean, we, one of the mistakes that we make is we have in our own minds this imaginary category of, of people that are above us and sometimes below us. And we grade ourselves on this curve. Well, there's some people better and some people worse. That's not how God sees it. We're all in the same boat. We're all human beings. Whatever you struggle with, whatever you've felt, whatever pressures you've been through, you realize that by now, millions and billions of people have been exactly where you are. And, and we have now in this generation a slice of just what is common to man going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. So when you open up, there's nothing new under the sun, as it were, but there is something extremely powerful. James says that if, read it again, uh, he says, confess your trespasses, and, and if we can put it in that context, or your weaknesses, your faults, your struggling, to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Now he's not talking about physical healing, he's talking about breaking through in, an, in a personal way. So that's a very practical thing that we can do virtually, daily, as well in our prayers. Confess your trespasses to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. This is why I've encouraged small groups, home groups, discipleship groups, and getting into a small enough group where you can do all these one another's. The Bible talks about love one another, pray for one another, encourage one another, be hospitable to one another. That happens in those small groups. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. At Maranatha Radio, we've received so many cards, emails, and social media messages expressing appreciation for Pastor Ray's teaching. Our family loved Pastor Ray. 
He was witty, kind, and demonstrated completely what it was like to have a deep relationship with God. We are grateful that our family was able to come together at Maranatha. Our lives will forever be changed because of Ray's powerful messages. We rejoice because we know Ray is in heaven. Messages like that continue to be such a great encouragement to all of us at Maranatha Radio and the whole Bentley family. If you'd like to send a message, just email us, ray at raybentley.com or post a comment online at raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. Now, verse 17, he gives us an, an illustration of prayer. And I love this. I mean, I, we don't have time to go through the, the whole story, but here in verse 17 and 18, it says, Elijah. So James has given us a little truth about prayer. Now he's gonna give us an illustration. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. Man, I love Elijah. I love the story of Elijah. And uh, it conjures up some of the most powerful and emotional um, and exciting stories anywhere in the Bible. Probably the most famous is the story of Elijah confronting the prophets of Baal. This was an embarrassing time in Israel's history. They're God's chosen people. I mean, God has revealed himself literally, physically, supernaturally in a, a cloud during the day of his presence, a pillar of fire at night. Bread has rained from heaven. Waters come out of a rock. The marvelous exodus and all the rest. And they're moving forward. And now uh, they're worshiping in the land God led them to other gods and goddesses. And not only that, they're incorporating all the practices and lifestyles that went along with these other gods. And sometimes you don't know if it's that they're interested in the gods or the lifestyles or which comes first, but they all end up in the same place. Elijah is not the only prophet, but he feels like it and he's one of the last guys. And so finally he comes up with a challenge to Ahab and Jezebel, and he goes, you know what? Uh, people in our day are confused. They don't know who, which one's the real God. And a lot of people think that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is no longer available or real. He goes, let's have a contest on the top of Mount Carmel. We'll put a sacrifice up there. You get your prophets, you call on your God Baal, who's their favorite, and I'll call upon the Lord God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Whoever answers by fire, let him be God. I mean, this was gonna be huge, you know. This, this was like a national, you know, survivor. Uh, which God's gonna show up and bring fire? So the Baal, you know, the quick story is that the Baal guys, they pray all day long, all day long, and Baal never shows up. You know, they, they cry, they dance, they cut themselves. This is the funny part to me. They cut themselves so they're bleeding and laying on rocks to get Baal to feel sorry for them to come down but he lets him bleed. So finally, <laughs> Elijah goes, okay, you guys have had your day. And, and I like to say Baal bailed. He didn't show, he was a no-show. So finally, Elijah goes, he repairs, first of all, the altar of the Lord, builds it, puts the little stones back up, drenches it with water, says one prayer at the time of the evening sacrifice. All right, O God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the true creator and redeemer, and lover of Israel, come by fire. 
and reveal yourself now. And the glory and the fire of God comes and it bursts into flames on the top of that mountain. And a marvelous, glorious work of God happens. Elijah, that that story goes on. He had supernatural strength. He raised the dead. He was fed by angels. Uh, He foretold famine and rain. He heard the voice of God on the mountain in a special way. And finally, he vanishes from the earth in a chariot of fire. Not bad. What a guy. What a radical guy. But James' point is, and and what he says, is that Elijah was a man just like you and me. The same thoughts, same feelings, same emotions, just like you and me. We, again, have a tendency, oh, sure, Elijah was a prophet. You know, he walked around with his hair blowing on fire and there's glory all around him. No, he was a man just like you and me. And so what do we learn from Elijah then? Why did God choose this man to do extraordinary things through? And is he an exception or is he a window through which, and that's what James is saying, God wants to do this for all of us. Elijah was a man of like passion. You can pray like Elijah. You can connect with a God who answers when you call, who delivers heavenly fire for such a time as this. What do we learn from Elijah? He prayed fervently. In other words, he prayed passionately. Elijah's prayer was not a laid back request. God, it would be really nice if it wouldn't rain for a little while. When Elijah prayed, he let everything in him out, emotionally, passionately, poured his heart out to God in a hot, zealous intensity And God heard his prayer. Elijah's heart was a whirlwind of passion, you might say. And we could go on and talk about Jacob who wrestled with the angel of God and and Hannah who agonized before the Lord and yet God heard her prayer. Ezra put the scripture in there. Having torn my garment and my robe, I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord God, to the Lord my God. Many, many examples of of why did certain men and women, whom were all common like humanity, how did they get their stories in the Bible? Was there something that these common humans did that got our Father's attention and allowed him to display his supernatural power and glory? And there is a common denominator. It's called fervent prayer, passionate prayer, earnest prayer. And you don't live here. These are special moments and times in your life. But there come times in your life where you can't fold your hands and say nice little spiritual prayers. It is not what the situation calls for you. As Jesus said, get alone. You don't want to be praying before people. And in fact, if you're really going to get honest with God, you don't want people to hear. And you want to just get where nobody, nobody will hear. This is just you and God. And you let out everything in your heart and you pour your heart out in fervency to connect with him honestly, deeply. God loves that kind of prayer. I have had uh, several times, seasons in my life at different times where I've had to go get totally alone where now I'm, it's, it's, a, it's raw uh, it's almost frightening uh, to, to be that raw and that open and that honest and cry out to God. But I can tell you in those moments 
when I was able to enter into that place with God, here's what I have learned. God answers. He answers prayer. God delivers. God brings heavenly fire. God speaks. God gives you literal, tangible evidence that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He shows up. And, you know, you move from a place of, oh, I believe, I believe, I believe, as if you're always trying to work yourself up to believe. You move into an area where you say, I not only believe, I know. I know. I know that God is good. I know that he is faithful. I know he can be trusted. I know he will never leave me or forsake me. I know because I have tasted for myself and seen that the Lord is good and that he delivers and that his plans for me are not for evil, but all things work together for good. I know that now, not just because the Bible tells me so and I believe it, I know it by personal experience. I know. These come at those dramatic moments. Elijah had the mountaintop experience. He had the cave experience. And it was that passion. That's what James is saying. That passion and that fervency, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man or a woman has great power. It's very powerful. And it is very effective. And, you know, I, I remind you that James, this is our send-off and our goodbye to James, the half-brother of our Lord, his nickname 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem was Camel Knees. It was because he spent so much time upon them. And the guy lived in the presence of the Lord. He lived in heaven before the throne of God and went on to be not only an early leader of the church, but an early martyr who formerly had not even believed in his brother until after the resurrection of Christ and Jesus appeared unto James. What a meeting that must have been when Jesus said, James, brother. And James looks and sees his brother that would, was crucified, resurrected in a glorified body, and that he is the Messiah. How awesome and amazing is that? And so I think it's very personal to James. The last thing he leaves us with is the power of prayer. And then to close with verses 19 and 20. He says, brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. You want to talk about the best, most satisfying, effective, fervent prayer to pray? Pray for those whom you know and love who have wandered away to come back. And you know, James, I think, was the example of this. James was a true Israelite, he had wandered away, he had not believed in Jesus, and he came back. And I think it was because of the prayers of those who had loved him, and not the least of which was Jesus. Father, I pray for my brother, James. And James came back to the Lord. And we want to pray our families into God's house and into God's kingdom. Great encouragement we close out our studies today in the book of James with Pastor Ray Bentley here on Maranatha Radio. Now, today's study is titled, The Power of Prayer. If you missed any part of the message, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. When you get to the homepage, you can leave a tribute to Pastor Ray's life and service to the Lord. Also, click the word media 
and you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo, three engaging ways you can enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can link to Pastor Ray's Facebook page, his podcast, his YouTube channel, and Twitter feed. And you'll also find Pastor Ray's books there at raybentley.com. His new book, The Final Witness, is an engaging prophetic fiction novel, part of the Elijah Chronicles series. It's riveting and educational at the same time. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also donate securely right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Or our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Well, next time, join us for a special edition of the program, a conversation with Pastor Ray's widow, Vicki Bentley. It's a moving conversation. Join us here on Maranatha Radio, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.